everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. So I stepped away last week to kind of rest vocally, but of course, so many things went down while I was gone. The footy world never stops kicking, so we have a lot to talk about. And the Bombers game where we beat the Doggies, like, of course that happened (laughs) when I lost my voice, and I didn't even lose it screaming for that one. So of course that coincided with the time that I took off. We are essentially at the end of the home and away season. And in some ways, the season flew by for me. And in other ways, it feels like it's been some long, grueling months. There's been so much planning and pivoting and like prioritizing. Credit to the AFL once again for just keeping the season alive and running. And all the peeps who are making it look easy and run like a well-oiled machine and getting over every hurdle that happened this year with all the lockdowns and the state borders closing and the fixture changing and having to be TBD and confirmed weekly. We had fairly smooth sailing, I will say, even though there's always some turbulent waves on the side. But anyway, I'm back, I'm back. And I think I mentioned that I was losing my voice, as I said, a couple of weeks ago. I straight up lost it last week and it coincided with my brother visiting So vocal rest is tough, but thank you for sending photos of your plants. I know this is just a really funny note, but it definitely made me feel better. And again, as I said, we are nearing the end of the season. The cream is rising now, and it's kind of revealing the true teams that have earned their place in the eight. There's still a huge battle for that eighth spot. I know we're trying to. But the biggest news I think of the week was the giant deal that Josh Kelly signed. He signed an eight-year deal. He had the opportunity for free agency at the end of the season, and he has foregone that. Reportedly for, I think, an $8 million, like a million a year contract, which is pretty massive for the AFL. And the news that there is no pre-finals buy. So we're just heading right into the final series. There's no period where they're going to get a break. They might want to insert it later, which actually, I don't know if I want that to happen. So we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) But let's just get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now in NYC and in Australia. So my brother came out and Andrew and I just kind of did some fun, chill things with him. We like to spend time in different neighborhoods. We just kind of pick a few every time he's out. So this time we spent quite a bit of time in the lower part of Manhattan in Brooklyn and also in like the lower east area in Chinatown. So we walked the Brooklyn Bridge and we went to Dumbo, as I said, Have you guys actually seen How I Met Your Mother? There's this episode where they they call like a neighborhood Dawasitripla, and it's something that I've never forgotten. It's like a parody on how New York City will popularly kind of refer to places by acronym. So we've got like Soho, and that's south of Houston Street, or like NoHo is north. I don't know if people realize those are actually acronyms. And Dumbo is down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass for anybody who is from abroad and may not know that. But it's kind of just short for something, kind of something that Aussies like to do too. We like to shorten and abbreviate, and I personally like to do that. 
but Dao was a triplet actually was short for down under downwind of the sewage treatment plant. And I just thought that was really funny because it was actually marketed as like this desirable area when it really wasn't. But moving on from that, we also went to the Harry Potter store that I told you guys about it opening before. And then we went to a bar after that called the Cauldron, which is supposed to be like this magical place. And they kind of use a lot of dry ice. So it's really cool. Like the effect of having things smoke in your drink. We did get Birdie Bots's Every Flavor Beans. I don't know if you guys have done this. I think you can order it. If you're into the series, you'll know what I'm referring to. And I think if you'd appreciate like the environment too, if you're a fan and you're ever out here, you want to check it out with like that detailing and immersive feel. But the Birdie Bots's beans, so my brother and I tried them together. Andrew was like, I'm good. <laughs> if you really want to punk someone, just put them into a candy dish and just watch people eat them because they look like harmless jelly beans. And there are some good flavors, but there are some real baddies in the mix. And some of the ones I remember um, that were just highlights because they were so bad. Okay, so there was dirt. Um, which was absolutely disgusting, soap, grass, earwax, earthworm, and the worst one of all was vomit. Okay, I want to know who has that taste testing job that has to review everything and is like, well, like it needs a little more vom, you know, and how do you know what an earthworm tastes like? Honestly, the dirt one does taste exactly like how you think it will, but all of the above, just not for me. You know, give me a hot sauce any day. <laughs> but beyond that, they did just announce here in the States that there will be booster shots for anyone who got the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines starting next month due to just kind of waning immunity for the new variants. And as for Australia, Victoria now has instilled a curfew from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. So I am just sending all of you Victorians all my energy and good vibes. I know you're into your sixth lockdown now. So let's chat on Instagram or Twitter if you need to talk to someone. Email takes me slightly longer to respond. I know all the people that are just listening <laughs> to me say this, like I haven't heard back yet, but I am here for you if you want to do Instagram or Twitter. And I feel for you genuinely because I know what you're going through. And in New South Wales, they recorded 633 local cases yesterday. It's the highest that they've reached. I feel like the graph trend where it's kind of peaking up and up and up is a little bit scary. And I think there were no new COVID cases in Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia, the Northern Territory, and Tasmania. So that's kind of great. And I do think in the NT, I think Chief Minister Michael Gunner said that he's just confident, but not completely certain that the lockdown will ease, I think as of today for Australians. So I'm just really hoping you don't have to go through what we've seen where Central Park kind of looked like a wartime hospital at one point. And I know at the end of one of the streets that we were close by, if you'll remember, there was like a U.S. Navy ship that was there for relief to kind of be a floating hospital. So I'm thinking about all of you. I know that 
you can still get a handle on everything. And I'm just really hoping that your lives can resume to more like what it was before and a little bit of what it's like in New York City right now, hopefully ASAP. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights for the round. And we've just got a few interesting games here as we all kind of fight for ladder space. So in the Giants versus Tigers, the Giants came out stomping like the Hulk at Marvel. I wasn't expecting, you know, the six goals in the first quarter. Taranto was like everywhere with like he was on top of the ball. He was tackling. He was around the ball. And then he was assisting because there was no Toby Green. So I think he really shined. And In the first half, the Giants got to 77 points with just this really clean effort almost with just their kicks and their marks and even their intercept marks were really clean. I mean, I don't even know. The execution was just there. And Josh Kelly, too, he had 32 disposals. So that was a really, really interesting game, especially because they beat the Tigers by quite a bit. In the Hawks versus Bulldogs game, I have been trying to get my bro into Aussie footy. So I showed him that game. You know, I'm always talking about how exhilarating the game is and it's the most exciting thing you'll see and the crowd really gets into it. And I feel like, you know, a tireless evangelist for the game. I'm just trying to, you know, scream it from every like, opportunity that I get but also just convincing him and the game was played in Tasmania with kind of windy conditions and not a lot of peeps in the stands so again I was really hyping up the game and then when it started you know really talking the game up prior to just in prep and I'm like I know they're gonna put on a good show I mean the doggies have been so dominant The first quarter was not that, (laughs) Um, where I was just begging for some pressure. There was only one goal in the entire first quarter, the amazing Cody Waitman. We love Flea, but, you know, I'm not positive I convinced him. (laughs) I think he was just kind of like, so this is what we spend all of our free time on? Like, And he had a couple of questions. I think he definitely humored me because I kept saying, you know, it's it's definitely going to get better. And I'm like, come on, guys, like pressure, pressure. Let's like up the ante. But I think the first half was, a you know, a bit scrappy. It was kind of more of a slow burn, but it definitely picked up in the second half of the second quarter. I'm not saying he made it that far or that he was totally convinced following that, but Ben McAvoy's 100th goal was really great. Again, not a lot of fanfare because there wasn't a lot of people there. Um, Naughton's goal in the third was amazing. And yeah, they it was just this upset that I think, again, we weren't expecting. And just another accolade for Clarko. So I was really happy for him and kind of just being able to see not the fruits of his labor, but, you know, I think we kind of don't put as much stock into really investing in like these relationships. And that's kind of what he's instilled in his players. I could tell after the game when he's kind of running, like walking around and just like hugging, you know, his team and the players that he just really, they're playing for him. And you can tell that he's forged this like bond with them that really does pay off in the long run. And so I know 
that all eyes and pressure will be on Sam Mitchell next season. And I would just really like to, you know, I'm interested in seeing in whether or not he also has that same kind of like buy-in from the team. But, you know, also sidebar, I do believe Ross Lyon will be coaching a team next season. I just know it. I think he's going to be making a coaching comeback. But yeah, Clarko kind of smiling like a proud dad. In contrast to, I have to say, the solo walk that Teague took following his game. I know he was put into a really rough position of having the review during the season. And I think that can really, I do feel for him. I do think that that can really undermine a coach and kind of what they're trying to build. And I do think it was destabilizing overall for the team because they might not have been doing that great, but then they have been doing really, really poorly following the review. So, and you could kind of see in his solo walk, he knows like when he's just walking on his own and like the tape reels falling and then just kind of him going up to his players afterwards. It just didn't have that same feel. So I'm not trying to compare the two, obviously very different, vastly different like um, abilities and coaching style, but it was just an observation. And moving on to the Dockers game versus the Eagles, the Derby. Both Western Australian teams in that big footy two-team state are in contention for the finals. If everything goes their way for what's to come following that game and obviously this round this weekend. And West Coast was strong early with goals, but Frio was on the attack. And I love a good hunt. So Luke Ryan and Mundy being such great standouts were really amazing. And arguably that was Frio's best game this season and this year. I think that they've had a couple of really great games, but that was something for the books, I think. And also just kind of ended their drought of not having won derbies for a few years. Um, but yeah, the young team working together and pack tackling, like they know that their opposition is so much more experienced, but just strength in numbers and their strength when they were being tackled too and kind of standing up following is just something that is going to resonate, I think, for you know, in the future and for more and more games to come. And I know that we should move on, but you know, I got to talk about the Suns versus Bombers because I'm still coming off of the high from the Doggies game that we played. And you can just really see the team working together with, you know, their selfless play and their chain of handballs. And the talk about them endlessly following where you can just see everyone smiling everybody is posting about each other they've got stories for each other on their social media but Stringer again with his five packaged goals he is the ultimate impact player for me of the moment because he has just been playing for the last few rounds amazingly and the Suns were kind of stacking their back lines I think they were prepared for what we were bringing so you could see them trying to adjust to kind of respond to what they expected i'm not saying it didn't work for them i don't know if it was like the best way i think they could have made some other adjustments following but what i really did love was that they have their festival of members for the round and they put like lucky members on the back of I think it's like a drawing or a lottery, but they'll put them on the back of their Guernseys. So, you know, Aussie Guernseys don't have like any names on them, just a number. And so for this round, they did. And that was really special. And 
the last, I think David Swallows was wearing one that said you on it because it was for like all the rest of their members. So I just really love that. But yeah, again, just really elite ball movement. I'm so happy to see it. Kicking on the run um, versus set shots has just been really dominant. They're maximizing every opportunity that I think comes their way. And, you know, I just, the back men too are just holding a stand, um, really a fortress. And Laverde, um, Laverde, Laverde, I never know if I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry, I adore you, <laughs> Jaden. But he had one of the best performances of his career, I think. Just outmarking and keeping King to just zero goals is incredibly impressive. And I do have to give a shout out too um, in a separate game to Jake Bowie in just his third AFL game for Melbourne. He got the Rising Star nominee for the round. In terms of headlines, so last week they announced that all AFLW expansion teams were approved. So Essendon will have a women's team in 2022. It's probably one of the most satisfying checks <laughs> that I can make on this list. I mean, next up, pay them to be pros, but I'm really, really excited for our team and for all the other teams that are able to join too, because I've just been waiting to cheer for a women's team. And two, Tex Walker had a racism incident that really kind of caught me by surprise. I think he is someone that we look to as a leader for his team. And after an investigation, he actually received a penalty for six weeks total. I think he also has to pay a fine where he is not playing. So he was taken out of gameplay for the final three rounds of this season. He was in contention for the Coleman. Um, you know, obviously Mackay's got a great lead up, but now he won't be eligible because he's behind now. And for the opening of next season too, he's going to miss the first three games. So, you know, what? I'm really happy that that's the response. We've talked about this at great length. There's no place for racism in Aussie footy, in the game, in sports in general, in life really. But this is the kind of response I want to see instead of it being like, we'll talk with AFL integrity and, you know, just a fine or something. So, and three... Vale to Gary Hinks, I hope I'm saying that right. He's a Western Bulldogs legend, and he famously attended over a thousand consecutive games featuring the Doggies. This level of loyalty that we all understand and just there's something in that when you just can't miss a game for I mean, he must have missed so many other life events for his own family, but you know, he got to witness what he loved, and I'm really, really I just remember seeing all the pictures of him at the games and his smiling face. So, um, yeah, Vale to Gary and Vale also to Helen Lambert, who is a founding member, where she was a founding member of the VWFL 40 years ago. And the Best and Fairest VFLW medal is actually named after her along with Daisy Pierce. But how are you guys feeling now at the end of the season? What do you think is going to happen with the grand final? Because we don't potentially think it's going to be played at the G. I think that, that we might be beyond that point now. So what do you guys think is going to happen? I would love to know your thoughts. AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. 
Okay, it's intermission, so quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. I'm actually sad the Olympics are over now. I miss catching sports nightly and just getting to learn about the athletes, hearing about their stories, kind of how they've overcome all their challenges. I love inspiring stories like that. But I just have to say for the Boomers, the Australian basketball team, Patty Mills, obviously, um, it was really, really great to see them having come so close for so long to meddling finally get a medal. And Andrew Gaze as a commentator was kind of tearing up when the Boomers won. I was just really, really proud of them. Um, I think just seeing Dante Exum, who I think he still doesn't have a contract, but it was really good to see him play well. And Patty Mills and the rest of the team, obviously, you know, I assumed actually Boomers was for short for Boomerang. I think that was just what I assumed um, how they were named and why the team was called that. But it's actually a slang term for male kangaroos. So that was something that I learned just doing a little bit of research. But speaking of Patty Mills, though, I just have to say that I was screaming for hours, I would say, internally. He's coming to the nets. So come on down. I'm so excited. I adore him. And that was some great news <laughs> that I got. Um so, yeah, I just am really, really excited about the nut season coming up because I know we've had to lose a couple of players, but I'm really glad about the additions and especially Patty Mills. As for baseball, it is back in the Olympics, but there was this Field of Dreams game that went down last week in the cornfields of Iowa. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. But honestly, it looked so picturesque. I was telling Andrew and my brother while we were watching it, I mean, even the corn looked perfect when the camera panned out to the field. I really just felt like the corn was like, it's our time to shine, guys, <laughs> you know. Um, but and I guess sales for the film kind of shot up afterwards. But Kevin Costner was there and it was just a really great very Hollywoodified game with like a really fitting ending if you watched it because with this walk-off home run, it was a really exciting game and it just looked really great. And I think they're thinking about doing another one next year. So that's definitely one of those games that I think is really, I don't know, I just really feel like it was something I needed. Maybe that day, <laughs> maybe in the season, just another like feel great moment when everything kind of comes together. And I just have a little addition to intermission that I just want to call more of this, which is kind of an extension of pure class, but it's just things that I've seen, observations, they might not be in real time, but just things that I've noticed and I really think we need more of, especially during the pandemic when we've got all this, I don't want to say depressing, but you know what I mean sometimes, like it's a little bit of a downer, a lot of things are just numbers based, and so I think we just need more of this kind of heartwarming stories, I guess. And a couple of months ago, the Sydney Swans cheer squad actually stepped in and helped out to make the banners for Melbourne and Collingwood cheer squads for the Queen's birthday banner um, game, I think in June, it was around that they played when Melbourne was in lockdown. So I just thought that that was really sweet because I know that you are absolutely ride or die for your team. But knowing that 
the other squads aren't able to do that when they want to be there for their teams just because they're in lockdown. I thought that was a really sweet moment. And it's one of those things I love about footy when everybody kind of comes together. And it was something that Peggy O'Neill actually said in our interview about how, you know, every team, like everybody has a team, but it doesn't mean we don't get along or that we don't like each other. We're just, you know, more about our teams. And I thought that was really sweet. And really the other news is just Naomi Osaka because of what's been happening in Haiti. She's donating all her prize money to relief efforts for Haiti and her upcoming games. And, you know, we'll get to the biggest kind of more of this in the next act. But yeah, let me know if you have anything that you think in your life is something you want more of. But now we're on to act two where we chat about relevant footy topics and issues So a week ago, Alabama football, which is this huge college program um, at the University of Alabama, they posted a video on their Facebook page. And it's something that has gone viral and just deeply moved me. I know, just (laughs) walk with me here down this road. We're going to time machine it for a few, I promise. (laughs) I'll make it back. So Nick Saban is a legendary coach of the program. And we've talked about him before. But he asked Ernie Johnson to have a chat to his players. For anyone who doesn't know, Ernie Johnson is a pretty major sportscaster. And his voice to me is just so comforting and reassuring. And it's something that's like embedded in my psyche. You just know when you hear him. He is a host of a show called Inside the NBA. He's kind of like the driver on it. I would encourage you to check it out if you haven't seen it. But also the Alabama video mainly (laughs) is a main watch, is a must watch really. So basically Ernie goes to the school and Bama shared like around five minutes of his chat that went viral. So Ernie talks about his job being a get to kind of job, not a got to, you know, I get to do that. Like, not like you have to, but you know, I get to not got to. And he talked about kind of like when you look across the room at your teammates and you kind of lock eyes with them and you're wearing the same colors, you feel that you get to wear them. You know, you get to. And he talks about how his show works primarily because nobody tries to make it about themselves. You know, there's some big guns on the show, but it's really about trying to make the others shine and not about egos and kind of like, because that would be a lot to kind of smash into a room together. So he really talked about how being a team player is just about knowing your role. And, you know, so what is your role? Because there's value in everybody and value in every position. He talks about when he thinks about value, he thinks about how he came to adopt his Romanian son with special needs. And at the time, Romanian kids with challenges were just being warehoused and forgotten. It hurts my heart just to hear those words or to even think that. So his wife went to adopt a child and the nurse who handed her the child said, oh, you don't want this one. He's no good. I can't even. But at the time, Ernie says, you know, they were living their life following and according to the script, you know, but don't be afraid to go off script is kind of what he meant. Go unscripted. So they decided, you know, we have to bring him home and give this kid a second chance. And later his son was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, which is, Just really, you know, your muscles just start to like waste away, basically. 
So cut to his son in high school. And after a conversation with a basketball coach, the basketball coach called Ernie and asked him if he could put his son on the team. And he said he wanted him to be his like five foot tall impact player with no vertical leap. And Ernie's like, okay, I'm not sure how much he can do for you because he's, you know, in a wheelchair. But the basketball coach saw value in him. And Ernie kind of talked about how his son didn't really communicate all that much, but he would say three words, love you too. And he would kind of make a sign for it with, if you don't know, like sign language, it's kind of like your thumb index and like your pinky kind of standing up, kind of almost like a rock symbol almost. And the coach said he wanted to put his son, Michael, on the team to teach basically the team two things. One, maximum effort because for him to move any muscle it takes him everything he's got and two just having a heart for others and that heart for others just really runs deep like I would do anything for you so when you're looking at your teammate that you get to wear colors with you would do anything for them and the coach was also a teacher who was teaching all of his classes about Michael and like the sign and just about having more love and really loving others and kind of like serving them So I guess on senior night, Michael came out last in his wheelchair and people were standing and applauding and Ernie and his wife, Cheryl, were behind him and they looked up at the student section and everyone was making the I love you sign. So he just really, Ernie was really imparting, you know, that somehow this Romanian orphan kid who could have easily been discarded and a random basketball coach from Indiana got together in a gym in Virginia and taught like, you know, this huge school about love, really his son doing that. So from a don't take this boy, he's no good. There is value in everybody. And when you step out of your agenda and notice that there are kind of like moments where you can make someone's life better, that's really what it's all about. So there is a team that's like kind of much bigger than like your teammates that you're sitting in a room with. There's a team of people that are just trying to make someone else's day better. And that's all of us. So it's more than just sports. You know, it's really about being like a better human. And when you wake up, you think like, how can, how am I going to make someone else's life better today? Which is a pretty good living philosophy if you need one to be a better human. And he just says at the end, you know, how are you going to do it? I do think it's something that we all need to hear right now. Um, sidebar, something you may not know about me. I don't know if we've discussed this. I'm a huge deaf advocate. So in college, I actually took ASL like interpreter classes. So that was like a particularly moving moment for me. But now we'll step back into the time machine and cut to the Essendon game on the weekend. You guys are all like, what are we doing? I have whiplash. I can't believe we're back here. But in the locker rooms, They're just about to sing their theme song and the boys are all doing the love you sign and love you too, where they kind of like wiggle their index finger, which really blew me away. I mean, you could really feel during the game how selfless everyone was playing, but also for their teammate. And the pics circulated afterwards all over social media of like the players just doing the sign. And Ernie saw the pics and tweeted about the Instagram photos. He had stories. He posted on his Instagram that it was good for the soul, like love you too from the AFL Bombers. So just this moment of like reaching across the sporting landscape to the other side of the world globally, like all these connections that I love. 
Okay, final cut <laughs> to yesterday. You guys still with me? Where Gary and Tim had Ernie Johnson on their radio show, SEN Breakfast. You can listen to the pod version if you missed it. And they just talked about the story behind the symbol. And it was such an inspiring chat. And of course, they mentioned like his words affecting like our team across the world, like the Ernie Johnson. <laughs> so... I mean, I think I just have to play a little bit of it here so you can hear in his words. For me to look on that, you know, look, social media to me sometimes can be the worst thing in the world. Mm. I think sometimes it's just it, it's just a breeding ground for hate and and for people to just try to eviscerate each other. But sometimes you look on there and you see a picture of like five bombers making the love you too sign. And I'm just like blown away. <laughs> and so, yeah, this was, you know, that's kind of brought this thread at full circle for me. And it was like, um, man, you guys are asking to talk to me on a on an Australian radio show. And it's like, absolutely. <laughs> we love having you on our program and hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks so much for being so open. I would, I would love to do that, fellas. It, it just means the world to me to have you guys even ask and and uh, tell all those bombers out there, go get them this weekend, man. They've got a brand new fan and uh, who lives in Brazelton, Georgia, wherever the heck that is. And uh, but I'm pulling for them this weekend, and and they'll never know how much it meant to see that picture. So I'm all, I feel like my heart. So yeah, when all these worlds collide, things I love like Ernie, AFL, like ASL, even everything coming together with this powerful message that is just really impactful and the perspective it's serving up. You know, I feel like I'm feeling the sun on my face after hiking to a summit. You know, I can't ask for anything more. And what a sweet ending for Essendon if this is all we get to this season for now in the eight at the end of Home and Away. But now it's the after show where I just have to applaud players that have called time on their careers. Okay, so Daniel Venables for the West Coast Eagles. Almost forced to call time, which is just a heartbreaking way to go because of his concussions that he had an overtime. I think he even mentioned he hasn't slept well since the concussions that happened like years ago. And the AFL actually advised him with the medical staff that he shouldn't play on. Eddie Betts, the great Eddie Betts, will play his 350th game this weekend and hopefully live ever after with a career in media following because I really love him and I don't want to stop seeing his smiling face. <laughs> I want him to just be associated in the game. Please come and commentate. I'm like begging him whatever he wants. And Mark Murphy played his 300th and last game over the weekend. Levi Casbolt also called time. Patty Ambrose called time on his career too. And Kale Hooker, a mighty man of the club. You know, every player does walk away from their career with a couple of scars, but he's left like this indelible mark on all of us as fans that will live on in our memory and also at the club. 
And also, you guys can support the pod by buying me a coffee. I'll put it in the show notes if you want to help me keep some pep in my step as we head into finals. I've got a lot more show and surprises coming your way. So that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And let me know what you think. But really, thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with the footy season. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.